Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Reserve River Basin Water Management Conference call and webinar. These updates have been held monthly from January, usually through June, since 2012. Those invited to attend include congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local governments, and emergency managers, local levy sponsors, and the media. Nearly 900 invitations are sent for this call each month. Today we will provide an update on the Corps' actions in the basin with regard to Missouri River operations, flood recovery operations, and support to local communities, states, and the tribes. I'm Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. Slides from today's call will be available on our website at www.mwd-mr.usace.army.mil and linked in today's press release. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. All lines have been placed on mute. When we get to the question and answer session period to unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones. So if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if none are asked. Joining us today is Doug Cluck from uh, NOAA with the Climate Outlook, Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service with the Basin Conditions and Flood Outlook, Missouri River Water Management staff with the 2020 runoff forecast, reservoir regulation details, and updates from the Omaha and Kansas City districts on levee status and repairs. And with that, I will turn it over to you, Doug Cluck. Hey, thank you very much. Can you hear me? I sure can. All right. Let's get, uh, go to the first slide there. Or second slide, whatever we got. And I just see the opening slide for the moment. Okay, there's one and two. All right. So like like usual, I'm going to give a rundown of what's happened uh, so far this year in terms of uh, temperature and uh, precipitation, and we'll get into the outlooks and that kind of business in just a moment. Um, so over the last 90 days, more or less, um, all of November, or most of November and into the beginning of February, we've seen a left picture there, left graphic, um, those warmer colors, that yellow and, and sort of orange and tan, uh, indicates that we've been above normal in terms of temperatures for the most part across the entire basin. Um, the uh, the image to the right is the precipitation percent of normal, and where you see uh, anything from green to uh, purple, that's above normal precipitation. Some of those areas are places that we don't want to see that. The go only good thing I'll say about the uh, above normal precipitation for that time of year is that it is that time of year, it is this time of year where we don't get as much precipitation. So if we saw that in, for example, May or June, that would be a lot worse than seeing it. Um, um, in November and December, and January for that matter. Next slide. Uh, again, uh, last 30 days this time in terms of temperature on the left, and what you see there again are pretty much above normal temperatures over the last 30 days through uh, uh, February 3rd. 
<clears throat> and on the right, uh, again, uh, precipitation percent of normal. Um, most of January in this, uh, most of the January precipitation uh, came in the lower part of the basin, as you can see. Missouri got hit pretty hard, as well as eastern Nebraska in terms of uh, rainfall and snowfall, that kind of thing. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, this is a USGS uh, graphic showing uh, places where stream flow is uh, uh, high or below, higher or, or below normal. Basically, if it's high, uh, if it's near normal or above or below normal, any uh, sort of blue to black, black being very high, um, which you see a lot of there, uh, me meaning that runoff um, and stream flow is still relatively high for this time of year. Um, a lot of those stations that you don't see um, with colors on them pretty much indicate that they're either ice affected or uh, it's just not the time of year where they can they can actually get a flow number off those uh, streams and uh, river points. Uh, next slide. Uh, the map on the left shows the percent of normal in terms of, of, of snow water equivalent in the mountains. Uh, that's the entire west. We're, whoop, got somebody talking there. Somebody needs Hi. to mute their phone. Hi, excuse the interruption. We have a Robert Beersley who did not was not provided with security code. Is it okay to provide it to him? Go ahead. I, I, I don't know who that is, but go ahead. Thank you, Amal. Okay, so uh, there's the uh, snow, snow water equivalent numbers uh, as of uh, February 4th. For the western U.S., that sort of elliptical area is where um, the Missouri Basin headwaters generally are. And you can see greens there, which are near normal, and some light blues, which are slightly above normal. Uh, for the most part, uh, I, think, I think most people are saying we're pretty close to normal, maybe slightly above in a few of the basins in some of those places. And the little map to the right, just to give you some idea of how things have changed since the beginning of the year, um, those those are the percentages from the beginning of the year. So we've we've not really changed too much. Maybe wetted up slightly, but really not not much change. Next slide. Um, there's the Plains snowpack or s snowpack uh, actually indicating how much water is on the ground. If you melt all the snow all the way down to the surface, that's how much water you would get. And uh, the various colors are. Uh, uh, show, show that we have somewhere between two to four inches in eastern the eastern Dakotas. Part of that is in the uh, Missouri Basin. And if you go to the next slide, there's a comparison to normal in terms of uh, snow depth, not not so much snow water equivalent, but they're they're similar enough to show you that uh, where you see those yellow areas, gray to yellow, um, actually yellow, uh, it's below normal slightly. And where it's blue, um, light blue, and all those shades of blue, it's above normal in terms of snow depth. Okay, so uh, let's move on. That's the uh, total precipitation for the next seven days. As you can see there, uh, there is a there's an indication of some precipitation across uh, the upper Missouri basin through that time. Uh, a lot more, obviously, to the south and east. Really, uh, most of that's outside. The really heavy stuff, I guess I'd say, is mostly outside the Missouri Basin. Uh, we, we certainly wouldn't want to see that uh, coming up here. Uh, 
but generally some lighter amounts up to uh, a half to a quarter, uh, three quarters of an inch, maybe with a uh, storm or two that come through over that, that period through the, the, the 12th of Feb February. Next slide. Here's looking at uh, the period from the 13th through the 19th. In other words, not this, not this next seven days, but the seven days after that. Temperature uh, probabilities on the left, those are pretty strong temperature probabilities um, from the Climate Prediction Center over there saying well below normal. Um, and, and, and I won't say record because I can't remember if that's what they said or not, but darn cold in the uh, western U.S., and of course that's the upper Missouri Basin, and really almost the entire basin uh, through that period has a, a, a higher than normal probability of being below normal. Uh, the image on the lower right is the probability of precipitation above normal, and we're seeing that uh, uh, that there is a there is a probability of being there is a positive uh, result in terms of precipitation being above normal. Um, so it's more likely to be above normal during that uh, seven-day period. Let's go to the next slide. This is a hazards outlook. So when we see uh, um, I'll just say very, very cold temperatures or very warm or whatever, we indicate them on this thing. And so there's a, there's a pretty good probability, because I just showed you, of well below normal temperatures for that area within the blue polygon, I guess you could say there, really focusing on the 13th through the 17th of February. Um, there's also heavy precipitation, but that's well off to the east and south. Uh, and then go to the next slide. Yeah, and so this one is showing uh, there's a slight uh, tendency for heavy heavy snow over that area. We don't put the slights in the uh, hazard outlooks when there when there's only a slight uh, slight probability above normal. So I'm showing it on a different map um, to show you that uh, heavy heavy snowfall is slightly more favored for uh, that that portion of uh, South Dakota um, and. Uh, portions of other states around it. All right, let's go to the next slide. Yeah, February. Uh, this is the February outlook. Again, blue colors indicate a probability of below normal temperatures on the left. Uh, it's pretty much all there is to say about that, and that doesn't surprise us with the cold air coming down um, next week. And then as far as precipitation, there's the, this is the outlook for precipitation. Obviously, the lower part of the basin looks uh, like there's a below um, uh, target there, and an above uh, above normal precipitation likelihood over the upper basin um, during this period, during the, the month of February. Next slide. <coughs> and continuing that uh, progress there, uh, February through April of 2020, uh, there is there are some indications of below normal temperatures, mostly to the north uh, northern part of the country. Um, I guess you could say the upper part of the basin, and also uh, better chances of above normal precipitation for that same area for the most part, and concerning the Missouri basin anyway. So that's the precipitation out, precipitation and temperature outlook um, through April. And then the next slide. Um, a drought update. I'm not going to dwell on this. There's not much to say. Um, not a lot of drought out there. 
not a major concern at the moment. Next slide. Just a summation here. Um, El Nino is still uh, in neutral mode, neutral gear, we could say. So we're not having El Nino or La Nina conditions at the moment, and neither is uh, supposed to manifest, at least through the spring. Um, plain snowpack is mostly in the eastern Dakotas, for the most part. Uh, we've already indicated how much the water that is. Mountain snowpacks around average. Um, temperatures uh, look to be a little cooler than nor or, or chances for cooler than normal temperatures February th February through April are more likely to the north. Um, precipitation chances are towards above normal also in the upper basin February through April. And in the short term, very short term, colder than normal, especially in the upper basin and above normal precipitation through about mid-February at least. And I believe that's all I have other than the advertisement at the bottom of that page. All right. Thanks, Doug. And we'll go over to you, Kevin. Okay, you're, you're live. Okay. Hello, Eileen. Can you hear me okay? Got you just fine. Thank you. Okay. All righty. Well, on behalf of NOAA, uh, again, uh, Doug and I thank uh, the Corps of Engineers for inviting us to be on these calls. So as Doug already said, uh, snowpack conditions in the mountains can generally be described as about normal for this time of year. Um, by this point in time, we normally have accumulated uh, about 60% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. And so uh, there's still <laughs> time left to, uh, for things to change. The uh, February water supply forecast developed by the National Weather Service was issued um, just a couple of days ago by our office, and it projects a near average runoff volume for the 2020 season for the mountainous west. Uh, the Milk River Basin is projected to have a, a much below average runoff year and the uh, Yellowstone is expected to have a slightly above average runoff year, but on the whole, the mountainous portion of the Missouri Basin is projected to have a, a near average runoff volume for 2020. Um, moving on to the plains, as Doug pointed out, the only appreciable plain snowpack in the Missouri Basin is found in the eastern Dakotas. Amounts are generally two to three plus inches of snow water equivalent, uh, and this is concerning. All is, um, as is well known, we're going into, into the 2020 flood season with extremely wet soils. However, uh, up to this point in time, it's been a fairly mild winter with regard to temperatures. And so uh, we're starting to build frozen soils in western Montana and the Dakotas. But right now, uh, we don't have a substantially deeply frozen ground condition. Freeze-up ice jamming has been reported uh, already within the basin along the Elkhorn, the Platte, the North Platte, and the Middle Loop Rivers in Nebraska, uh, Spring Creek in Montana, and the Missouri River itself, and the Great Falls and Bismarck areas. However, impacts have been localized and limited to minor flooding, if, if any flooding. Uh, Freeze-up jamming and ice breakup jamming is likely to occur as we move forward in time. However, exact locations and the level of severity are not known. Ice jamming is not uncommon, uh, but this year I think we have a, a especially high likelihood for it, and we will continue to monitor the rivers for its occurrence as we move into late winter and spring. Uh, during the past month, uh, we've experienced minor to moderate flooding along many of the tributaries to the 
Missouri River in the state of Missouri, and the main stem Missouri River itself has been in flood in the lower 100 miles. And, of course, flooding continues along the James River in South Dakota. Today marks the 329th consecutive day of flooding on the James. Long-range river outlooks issued by the National Weather Service in late January indicate the high likelihood of tributary flooding this spring, primarily in the eastern portion of the basin, including uh, tributaries in eastern South Dakota, western Iowa, eastern Nebraska, eastern Kansas, and across the state of Missouri, including the Missouri River itself. The very wet soil conditions have greatly enhanced the chances for flooding in the eastern portion of the basin. Springtime flooding in the southeastern portion of the basin is driven by thunderstorm uh, activity, and this is typical. The National Weather Service will be issuing its first spring flood outlook next Thursday, February 13th, and this outlook will provide the first official National Weather Service quantification of flood potential for this spring and early summer. Uh, this initial outlook will be followed by updated outlooks on February 27th and on March 12th and the National Hydrologic Assessment will be released by National uh, Weather Service Headquarters on March 19th. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you, Kevin. And I will now hand it to uh, Kevin Brody, John Remus, and the team in Omaha. Can you hear me, Eileen? Loud and clear. All right, thank you. Uh, good afternoon. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. As we begin a new year, I want to assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting stakeholders when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions, including ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods, just as uh, Kevin Lau just mentioned, as well as flooding due to thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. In 2019, in your record, upper basin runoff made managing the runoff in the Missouri River Basin very challenging. People throughout the basin have been and continue to be directly impacted, some severely impacted. The Corps is well aware of the damage that last year's flooding has caused. We are doing all we can to reduce the impacts and assist in the recovery. The Missouri River Reservoir System reached the base of the annual flood control pool on January 22nd. The full 13.3 million acre feet of flood control storage was made available to capture and runoff the 2020 upper basin runoff. We posted the February 1st, 2020 upper basin runoff forecast yesterday. The forecasted upper basin runoff is 36.3 million acre feet, which if realized would be the ninth highest runoff in, a, in 122 years of record keeping. This is unchanged from the January 1st forecast. A large runoff does not necessarily mean flooding. As I mentioned earlier, the volume, timing, and location at which runoff 
occurs is important. However, there is an increased potential for high flows and higher than average releases, and people need to be aware of this. We will continue to monitor the basin conditions and will remain aggressive in our releases to the extent practical. Earlier this week, we increased system releases as part of our attempt to maintain as much flood control storage for as long as we can through the winter and into the spring. This action is intended to decrease flood risk. As the spring and summer runoff begins, we may have to make several release changes from, our pro from all of our projects. Ideally, we would be able to provide some advance notice of these changes through this meeting, press releases, social media posts, and so on. However, this may not be possible in all cases. Therefore, I encourage all interested parties to be proactive and check the Missouri River Basin Water Management and the National Weather Service websites on a daily, on a daily basis for the most up-to-date information on system conditions and forecasted river stage. That concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will turn the discussion over to Kevin Grody. Thank you, John. We can move to slide 19 now. So the 2020 calendar year runoff forecast for the Upper Missouri Basin, which is above Sioux City, Iowa, as John mentioned, is 36.3 million acre feet, and that's 141% of average. And, and also, as he mentioned, if realized, this would be the ninth highest runoff in 122 years of record. So moving to slide 20. The January 2020 runoff was 1.4 million acre feet, which is nearly two times average. This is continuing the high runoff trend from 2019. January runoff was above average in all reaches, um, especially in the South Dakota reaches. Slide 21. As Doug Cluck mentioned, the soil moisture conditions are very wet in a majority of the upper basin, uh, ranking in the 99th percentile in, in many areas of the upper basin, particularly in Montana and in the western Dakotas. Generally, when soil moisture is high during the winter, the potential for high March-April runoff is much higher. Next slide. So on slide 22, we see another depiction of the plain snowpack. Uh, Doug Cluck already showed this. Uh, it's just slightly different uh, um, resolution as well as the legend colors, but they're basically showing the same thing. Plain snowpack is a mixed bag in the upper Missouri River Basin. There's little to no plains of snow in much of the upper basin, Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, and the western portions of the Dakotas. However, where we do have plains of snow, particularly in the central and eastern South Dakota and North Dakota, it is significant. As seen in this graphic, the amount of liquid content in the plain snowpack varies from one to two inches, which is that dark red color, to isolated areas of four to five inches, which is shown in the tan color. Moving to the next slide. Mountain snowpack is accumulating at average rates uh, in the Four Peck and Garrison reaches. Both are at 100% for this time of the year. Uh, but I should note that there are still two months remaining in the mountain snowpack accumulation period. Mountain snowpack normally peaks in mid-April. And that concludes my report. I'll turn it over to Mike to speak about reservoir studies. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged a record 29,100 CFS in January. 
As John mentioned, releases were increased from 30,000 to 35,000 earlier this week. Releases will remain near this rate as conditions allow. Pearson releases were set at 16,000 CFS in mid-December in anticipation of the river freezing in. After stages in the Bismarck area stabilized, releases were gradually increased. The current release of 24,500 CFS will, re will be maintained through February, downstream conditions permitting. The basic stimulation, uh, um, excuse me, moving on to the monthly simulations or monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. Uh, Eileen, can you move back to slide uh, 25? Thanks. Uh, as John noted, in January, the reservoir system storage reached 56.1 million acre-feet, which is the base of the annual flood control zone. This means that all the stored 2019 flood water has been evacuated from the system. Currently, the system storage is 56.3 million acre-feet. On March 1st, which is typically near the start of the runoff season, the basic simulation shows system storage at 55.9 million acre-feet, which is just slightly below the base of the annual flood control zone. Uh, now you can move on to slide 26. And as we look at the upper three reservoirs and then also Fort Randall, Fort Peck and Garrison are currently 1.3 and 0.6 feet above their base of the base of their respective flood control zones. Oahe is 0.1 feet below the base of the flood control zone. At the end of February, the basic simulation shows Fort Peck and Garrison 0.1 and 0.2 feet above the base of their flood control pool, and Oahe will be at the base of its flood control pool. Fort Randall Reservoir, which is typically drawn down in the fall and refilled over the winter, will likely fill slower than normal during February with the aggressive release schedule from the system. Uh, slide 27. The service level is used to determine releases from the Gavin's Point to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Because of the higher than normal runoff forecast, under the basic simulation, releases from Gavin's Point will likely be at the expanded service level, in other words, above full service navigation, to evacuate flood water and maintain some flood storage in the upper reservoirs. Monthly average releases are expected to range from 33,000 CFS during the summer to 40,500 CFS in the fall. Releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding when appropriate. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation will again be above full service after the July 1st storage check, and a full eight-month season with a 10-day extension would be provided. 
Energy generation at the main stem dams in 2019 was 13 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. The forecast for 2020 with the basic stimulation is 11.4 billion kilowatt hours. Next slide. Slide 28 shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This web page gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my remarks. So I'll turn it back to you, Eileen. All right, thank you. Uh, we'll hand it to Kansas City. Mike Doolin, provide levy updates. Uh, thanks, Eileen. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Doolin, Emergency Manager for the Kansas City District. Our, our Emergency Operations Center remains at level four <clears throat> normal operations. Although we have returned to normal operations, you can always reach our EOC by calling our 24-hour number at 816-426-6320. You can go to the next slide, please. So levy re rehabilitation is a top priority for the Kansas City District. Uh, we are focused on full permanent repairs of the levy systems that participate in our program. Due to the prolonged nature of the 2019 flood, completing damage surveys and beginning the levy rehabilitation process has proven to be very challenging in our district. Uh, however, as conditions and accessibility have slowly improved, our survey teams are now nearing completion of all damage assessments. Uh, survey teams should be wrapping up work in Holt County, Missouri this week. And damage surveys will conclude in Ray, Carroll, Ray, excuse me, Ray and Carroll County, Missouri shortly after that. Uh, to date, we have received 118 requests for levy rehabilitation assistance throughout Kansas and Missouri. Uh, this will result in approximately 70 levy rehabilitation projects after bundling multiple requests and in some cases combining contracts. Uh, we have submitted 59 project information reports to Northwestern Division, uh, all of which have been approved and funding for the majority of those repairs has been received. Uh, we currently have 20 of the approved projects advertised for bidding Four new contracts have been awarded, and we are working several contract modifications for levy systems that had existing contracts from previous flood damages. Uh, working with the levy districts to obtain their cost share, real estate agreements, easements, and project cooperation agreements is moving along well. Uh, currently, we have received 32 signed PCAs and 25 real estate certifications. Again, these documents signed by the levy sponsor are needed before we can advertise the projects. Uh, for detailed information on the status of each project, you can go to our Levy Rehab webpage using the link on the bottom left-hand of the screen here. Uh, we plan to update this page weekly, and we'll provide additional maps and graphics in the future. So conditions permitting, we anticipate new construction beginning uh, around on, on the first project advertised by early spring of 2020. Uh, but given the extent and the magnitude of damages, we anticipate a two-year duration to fully restore all levy systems that participate in the PL8499 program. Thank you for calling in today. This concludes the district remarks. Thanks, Mike. And uh, Matt Kradsky? Yeah, hey. Hi, Eileen. Can you hear me all right? Sure can. Okay, thanks, Eileen. Yeah, this is Matt Kraske, Readiness Branch Chief with the Army Corps of Engineers, Omaha District. The Omaha District Emergency Operations Center continues to monitor basin conditions in all of the states within our district boundaries. To date, we have completed 24 breach closures within the district's area of operations. 
with eight remaining. Since our last call, we've made substantial progress on levee closures within the basin. We closed the breach along the levee system L550 located near Missouri River Mile 524, southwest of Rockport, Missouri. One breach on the 550 system remains, and we anticipate that this breach will be closed by the beginning of April. We also completed the initial breach repairs along the right, blank, right bank of the Platte River, just upstream of the confluence of the Platte River with the Missouri River. This closure will redirect the water back into the Platte River channel and allow further repairs to be made at this location. Keeping the flow within the Platte River is critical to maintaining an efficient Platte River and Missouri River system that can sustain a navigation channel. Repair efforts will now focus on reconstructing the riverbank to match its pre-flood conditions. Just last week, we closed two outlet breaches on the L594 system. These are the third and fourth breaches to be closed on the L594 system, providing an initial level of flood risk management to the area uh, on this portion of the levee located west of Thurman, Iowa. The USACE team and the contractor will continue finalizing repairs at these breach locations while also focusing on the one remaining outlet breach. Repairs are continuing on multiple tributary levees, including the Western Sarpy County Levee and other projects recently awarded. Projects at Cedar Creek along the Platte River, Columbus along the Loop, Scribner and Columbus along Pebble Creek and the Elkhorn River, Ida Grove on Old Boat Creek in Iowa, and Broken Bow on the Mud Creek in Nebraska have all been completed. On the 24th of January, we awarded a contract for the rehabilitation of the Salt Creek system in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Pre-construction was held earlier this week at the Lower Platte South office in Lincoln, and the contractor intends to start work on this project in early March. For regular updates on the repair efforts to flood control structures in the Missouri River Basin, visit the Omaha District System Restoration webpage at https colon forward slash forward slash www.nwo.usace.army.mil. Click on the red levy status updates icon on the left side of the page. There you can track status updates and view photos and videos. We remain vigilant concerning the time of year and weather conditions, and we can't reiterate enough that life safety continues to be the primary focus of our efforts to repair the levee systems. We continue to work with federal, state, and local emergency management agencies to keep the public informed. This includes my comments this afternoon. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone else, for those updates as well. Uh, before we get into the question and answer period, uh, the next call is scheduled for March 5th at 1 p.m. Please note that invitations to these calls are sent to a blind CC email list, and we are noting that some email servers are rejecting messages as spam either because they're sent to a blind CC list or because they're being sent to a list at all. Um, please work with your service providers to ensure that you're able to receive emails from the CENWD-PA at USACE.Army.mil email address and to mailing lists. We post regular updates and graphics to Facebook and Twitter at NWDUSACE. Additionally, we have established an information portal on our agency website at nwd.usace.army.mil slash mrwm slash mrwm app. A lot of the websites that John Remus re referenced earlier with respect to uh, checking those on a regular basis are directly linked from that page. Uh, 
I'm going to move into the question and answer session. I will manage questions based on groups and locations. We'll start with congressional, tribal, state, local government officials, emergency managers, and levy sponsors, and then we'll move to the media. Please wait for your group and state to be called. Remember to hit star six to unmute your phone, and be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your questions. I will go by state in alphabetical order, starting with Iowa. Again, star six to unmute your phone. Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming, all right, now we're going to move to media again, star six to unmute your phone, state of Iowa, hi, this is Nick Hittrick at the Sioux City Journal, hi Nick, Hi. Uh, question for probably someone from the Corps. Um, you mentioned the aggressive release schedule that you're pursuing right now. Uh, with the Gavin's Point increases to 35000 this week, is that part of that, or is that to um, address the above-average runoff for January? And then second part of that question, this aggressive release schedule, is that in response to comments you had from folks at the various meetings this fall who wanted to see more water evacuated ahead of time in the spring to make room for runoff in the spring and summer? Uh, this is John Remus. Uh, the uh, increase or the aggressive uh, release pattern is uh, in response to basically the uh, a higher than normal runoff forecast for the upper basin, as well as recognizing that we have uh, levee systems in the lower river, uh, particularly below Omaha, that are still damaged, uh, not repaired. And we want to give ourselves the greatest amount of flexibility to react to uh, events either in the lower or the upper basin uh, to, uh, to to give us the, the greatest amount of flexibility there. Um, we got a lot of comments throughout all of last year, not just in the public meetings, to either run more out and make more space. We also got a, probably an equal number of comments from the basin, cut the, you know, set the water off and carry it over. So this is not in response to any particular comment. We do hear those comments. We do take those comments uh, and evaluate those. But this is really just to uh, provide us the greatest amount of flood risk management that we can get out of the system. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. Uh, any other questions? Media, State of Iowa. Again, star six. All right, moving to State of Kansas. Sorry? All right. Uh, Montana. Uh, this is Brent Martin with KAPQ Radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, Brent. Um, uh, there was a lot of talk about the saturation, wet conditions. Um, could you maybe reiterate that and 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 
kind of elaborate on how how that will affect the chances of spring flooding. I'll let Kevin want to answer that question first, and then if John wants to add anything to it. Okay, can you hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, okay, so, um, yeah, this is Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service. So um, almost the entire... Um, uh, Missouri River Basin has an above normal uh, soil moisture condition. In the Dakotas, uh, we're in the 99th percentile according to one estimate, uh, meaning that um, I think over the past 50 years, I believe, uh, this is in the top 1% of the 50 years as, uh, with regard to how wet it is. So we're very wet. Um, so. Uh, basically, what that does is it gives us a, a much higher uh, runoff efficiency for any snow melt or any new uh, 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 rainfall event. Uh, what falls on the ground, more of it's going to run off. So that uh, definitely gives us a higher um, uh, risk for flooding. Um, and it keeps the base flow up, too. Does that, does that answer your question? Kevin, um, can you provide a little bit more clarity on what you mean when you say the base flow level? Well, it just keeps the uh, um, base flow is the, the water that's, that's uh, in the channel itself. Uh, so because the uh, soil is wet, that the, uh, um, the channel flow is maintained. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't recess. It doesn't go down. Um, it's, it's continually being fed by the banks. All right, thank you. Uh huh. John Remus, did you want to add anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just uh, the analogy I use is a sponge, a wet sponge and a dry sponge. And right now the sponge is pretty wet in the upper basin, so you're not going to be able to get any water to soak in. So as Kevin said, it, uh, it provides a much higher potential for runoff from uh, a given amount of precipitation. It, and this is Doug also from NOAA, and uh, the only other thing I'll add to that is we also call that memory in the system. So there's quite a bit of memory in the soil system, and it takes a while for that to work its, its way out. Um, so it, it's going to stay high for a while. All right, thank you, Doug. Does that answer your question, Brett? Brett? Okay, uh, moving on. Um, State of Missouri, star six to unmute. All right, Montana. Nebraska. This is Nancy, are you there? Am I here? We got you. Yeah. Hey, Kevin said earlier, Kevin Lau said earlier that there's a higher risk of ice gem flooding this spring. With the mild winter, why is there a higher risk of ice jam flooding? Okay, so that's a good question. Um, it's simply because uh, what I'm basing it on is the fact that the rivers are running higher than normal. Um, and with any uh, long cold snap, which Doug uh, alluded to that, that we may be up for, um, uh, higher, higher base flows, higher river stages, if it does turn off code, 
and stays cold long enough for the rivers to freeze, then, uh, then we've got ice jam flooding potential. So it's, it's basically based, uh, I'm basing that, that um, uh, my perception on the higher than normal river flows. In the forecast for cold weather. Yeah, I mean, of course, it'll take cold weather for, for it to, to freeze up, but um, we're poised uh, for the potential for, for uh, freeze up and then break up uh, flooding. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and then John explained that um, the aggressive release effort is to increase flexibility in response to what happens. So sound like an obvious question or a dumb question, but can you explain how that gives you flexibility? Uh, yes, Nancy. Uh, the more flood control space that we have uh, early in the spring uh, gives us more ability to maybe uh, shut system releases off or uh, you know, either an even interest system, uh, manage that so that we do not have to maybe uh, peak uh, releases from the system when there's flooding going downstream. We can hold that water and, uh, and release it a little bit later on in the year. Uh, we will not be holding more water. What, what will come in will eventually have to go out, but it just gives us a little bit of flexibility so if we can uh, maybe pull the peak off of a, of a flood downstream or maybe provide flood uh, emergency responsors that an extra uh, day or so to to get some flood fight out uh, flood fight materials out there. That's what that means. Okay, and then one last kind of combo question. Um, beyond the high soil saturation and the snow pack in the eastern Dakotas, how has this winter? Um, and, and I think this is just kind of maybe asking you to state the obvious, and this might be for Kevin Lowell. How has this winter increased or decreased the likelihood in flooding, of flooding? I'm thinking now, you know, the drier Dakotas. Um, is that a question that makes sense that you can answer? Okay, Nancy. Um, uh, it, it really is the soil moisture condition that we have. And... Whenever we've got three plus inches of plain snow, wherever that is, that's always a concern to us. Uh, so really, it is the factors that you've that you've already um, you know put out there that it is the soil moisture um, condition and the plain snow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Nancy. Anyone else from the state of Nebraska? Okay, North Dakota. South Dakota. Again, star six to unmute. Wyoming. All right, any final questions before we adjourn? All right. We appreciate your participation today. Today's call is recorded. Once that call is downloaded, we will add it to the press release that was sent out earlier today along with uh, slides from this call. The next call is scheduled for March 5th at 1 p.m., and this concludes our call. Thank you.